Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Jill Stein, Green Party candidate for President of the United States. Jill, thank you so much for taking the time to be on Talk Nation Radio. My honor. Really great to talk with you, David. I, uh, I I was talking to you earlier about what's going on in Philadelphia. There were, of course, crowds who came for Bernie, pro-Bernie, but now Bernie has said vote for Hillary and been booed for saying it. Uh, are those people, as the pollsters and the corporate television talking heads keep telling us, all going to now vote for Hillary as instructed? Uh, or is there some movement toward voting for you? Or are they undecided? What are things looking like on the on the ground there in Philadelphia? Well, uh, you know, what I can tell you is from my perspective, where it's hard for me to walk down the street without being mobbed by people who are declaring their uh, dedication to the campaign, uh, all the hope and um, mission that they brought to Bernie's campaign has sort of been intensified by this very heartbreaking end to their, uh, you know, to their revolution inside the Democratic Party. And it has been such a uh, wake-up moment for people to not only, you know, see the campaign come grinding to a halt, but especially to see the treachery of the Democrats and the DNC and Hillary's campaign uh, and the corporate media, as revealed in the leaked email uh, demonstrating this uh, collusion behind closed doors, the media is sort of characterizing this as, oh, they said bad things about Bernie and they have apologized. So, you know, no harm done. But in fact, they sabotaged Bernie's campaign. They created these smear campaigns. They mischaracterized him. You know, and much more, as people have expected, uh, that's not contained in the emails, but it just um, affirms people's suspicions about stripping voter rolls. I mean, this was a very underhanded stab in the back, a whole series of stabs in the back, uh, not publicized. They also referred to uh, Cornell West in these emails as trash that Bernie Sanders was bringing into the platform, the Democratic Platform Committee. So the kind of racism, uh, just utterly, uh, you know, corporatism, militarism that's revealed in their war uh, against the progressive agenda, uh, I think has been the most bitter kind of wake-up call that people could possibly have. And I think people feel like they were led right up to the doorway inside of the Democratic Convention. Many people really feel like they've been misled into coming here uh, only to be sort of entrapped into this uh, push to vote for Hillary. There's a lot of bitterness out there, and we are seeing it. Uh, I did a, uh, a rally the first day on, on Saturday, a rally organized by the Bernie folks that um, included um, Nina Turner, who was speaking on behalf of working inside of the party, and then I was the uh, representing the other point of view to sort of break free. And, you know, Nina gave a wonderful rousing speech, but when I came on, uh, I can tell you that this was written up in uh, Truth Dig, if people want to see it, uh, an article by Kevin Z, that counted uh, 30 interruptions in a 30-minute speech, 30 
interruptions for applause and 10 standing ovations. And it's been like that ever since where I've been sort of, um, you know, uplifted by a thronging crowd of people who are unbelievably um, desperate and passionate to continue their revolution. But now outside of a party that has been revealed to be uh, absolutely treacherous and Indeed, uh, people uh, are just so grateful to be doing this in a way that will truly build our way forward. I, I have heard from a lot of people who in Philly who have told me about lots of other people who are just not going to vote for Hillary and uh, Jill before Hill and, and so forth, and, I, and, and I'm very glad to see it. I, I also uh, think that we're, we're being told that this push for Bernie was a push for a more progressive agenda that would have hurt the Democrats in the general election, but in fact, Bernie always polled much stronger uh, than Hillary, and in fact, uh, ben Jealous, who you recently debated uh, just a few days ago, was saying that Hillary couldn't win unless she picked a progressive vice president and took on an agenda for the 99% and so forth, which of course she's not doing any of those things, uh, and yet people who sort of think she can't win are still telling everybody to vote for her. I mean, what what is this what is this strategy? Is it really about, you know, defeating Donald Trump or is it about supporting uh the Democratic Party even when uh the, the nomination has been you know so corruptly stolen? I I I mean, maybe Hillary could have could have won uh if uh if everything were done fair and square, but how could anyone possibly know that? Uh and <laughs> and if this were to have happened in an election in some other country, you know, what would Hillary Clinton's State Department have said about it? Would it have said, you know, don't 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 object, <laughs> you're being ridiculous. I I mean is is there is there just a demand for loyalty to the Democratic Party, or is this uh, is there really a serious argument for for voting for Hillary? This is what we've seen play out with the Democratic Party for decades, and you know they have uh, destroyed one progressive campaign after another. And for many of us who watched this, uh, this was the anticipated outcome with the Sanders campaign. That's what history would tell us. This is what the Democratic Party does. They redistricted Dennis Kucinich. Yeah. They, um, you know, Howard Dean was a peace candidate, if not a progressive one, and they destroyed him with this concocted public relations smear campaign that grabbed a, a bad moment of video footage and made him out to be a madman. Uh, a similar campaign was run against Jesse Jackson, uh, who was really uh, had incredible momentum with all the power of the civil rights movement, was winning lots of Midwestern primaries, and they took him down with a public relations smear campaign. So this is what the Democratic Party does, and they always have a good reason for why they have to unify the party behind some winnable candidate. But what has happened? You know, what's the larger trend here? Uh, you know, what is the forest through the trees? You know, let's not lose it. What's happening is that the Democratic Party allows a progressive voice to be heard for a little while, and then it will sabotage that voice uh, and basically make the party look like it has a human face, like it has a lefty agenda, while the party continues to march to the right and become more corporatist, militarist, and imperialist. And the only way 
to defeat Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not an isolated entity. This is a, 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 a the rise of right-wing extremism, call it neo-fascism if you want. Um, this is what's happening in the U.S. All the other Republicans, you know, showed the same thing. Um, and, uh, you know, most of the other Republicans put it that way, candidates for president, you know, were similar frightening um, characters. Uh, this is what we see in, in many of the countries in Europe, this rise of right-wing extremism. What's going on here? This is not just Donald Trump. This is a pushback against globalization, against the austerity agenda, against the domination of banks, uh, against the misery created by, you know, by a foreign policy of economic and military domination. In short, this is the response you get to neoliberalism. Uh, this isn't some coincidence. This is happening all over the world. And we know from history going way back to uh, Germany uh, before the rise of uh, the Nazi state, the only answer to this is a true uh, radical uh, progressive agenda, a unified progressive agenda. Hillary Clinton is more of the neoliberal um, predatory agenda that creates the economic misery that basically ushers in the era of neo-fascism. I know that's a lot of big ism words, but you know, yeah. this is basically what's going on. I, I... And let's not pretend that there's some short side here. Putting another Clinton into the White House is going to fan the flame of this right-wing uh, revolt because it was the Clintons who gave us NAFTA, the Clintons who gave us Wall Street deregulation, and therefore the meltdown that disappeared 9 million jobs and stole 5 million homes out from under people, especially in communities of color. This is what neoliberalism and Clintonism looks like. And it is not going to solve the problem. We have to stand up and forget this lesser evil propaganda and fight for the greater good like our lives depend on it. They do. We are all in the crosshairs. Reject that propaganda campaign. Stand up and unify for a true progressive agenda, which our campaign now is the only voice for in this election. Let's not forget what they did for mass incarceration, what they did to welfare, what they did for media consolidation, the media that uh, is right. convincing everyone that they have to choose between what are, I, I think it's different this time because neither party has ever before picked somebody so unpopular that you have a majority of the public that can't stand either one of these people. Uh, that seems to be unprecedented, and yet the arguments you get for lesser evilism are the exact same arguments uh, as every time before. What, what, what can be done, Jill, to get your voice uh, into debates and otherwise onto uh, the televisions that everybody so foolishly watches so much of the time? Uh, you know, can, you, can we have your views and, and these majority popular progressive views uh, in debates, and how can we make that happen? Great. So there's, you know, there's some really good news this time around. The American people are in revolt. They have rejected the two uh, nominees uh, who are the most unpopular and the most distrusted uh, of presidential candidates uh, since records have been kept. Um, People have rejected the Democratic and Republican parties. The number of people who consider themselves independent is now 50%. Republicans and Democrats are essentially minority parties. 
uh, and people are clamoring for something different, you know, and for other voices that are not corrupted by these two political parties who were bought and paid for by predatory banks and fossil fuel giants and war profiteers. People are sick of a rigged economy, and they are sick of the rigged political system that has delivered it. And with these revelations now about the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, and its uh, backroom backstabbing of the Sanders campaign, um, you know, this is sort of the perfect storm for a revolt. Let me also mention, there are 42 million young people and not so young people who are locked into predatory student loan debt who have nowhere to go except into my campaign uh, if they want to get out of debt, if they want to have a future, if they want to have a job. 42 million is a plurality of the vote. That is a winning number of the vote in a three-way presidential race. So the old paradigm that, oh, you guys could never win. Why are you even bothering? You're just going to split the vote. The reality is we can flip the vote and go from being the underdog to being the top dog. Uh, and I don't mean just as a candidate, but I mean we, the American people, who are the underdog of 99% that are underneath the 1%. We have enormous power right now. We have enormous power simply uh, if we can mobilize ourselves. And this is something we have done before. We did it to stop the bombing campaign of Syria that Obama said was, you know, resistance is futile. You cannot stop this bombing campaign back in 2013. We stopped that on a dime. We stopped the privatization of the Internet. We've been able to stop the passage of the Trans-Pacific Partnership so far, delaying it, you know, for years into an election season where even Hillary Clinton has been forced to take stand against it. Bottom line, like Alice Walker says, biggest way people give up power is by not knowing we have it to start with. In this race, we have enormous power. People are finding out. We came up in the polls from 2% to as high as 7% in a recent CNN poll, uh, simply by word of mouth, not getting a word in edgewise uh, from corporate media, although they're covering us a little bit now because they have to. But we tripled our numbers just by word of mouth. Uh, from the Bernie campaign that was beginning to defect, and from uh, students in debt. So, and getting in the debates, going, Jill, how can you get in the debates? All we have to do is double these numbers again. So it's basically tell your friends, we at least need a debate. And to emphasize the only hope of stopping Donald Trump in this Clinton agenda. Clinton can't do it. She won't stop Donald Trump. We are the only ones that can do it. We are the ones we've been waiting for. This is the time for us to stand up proud and strong. People at least need to get us into the debate. And so, to tell everybody out there who's in debt, everybody out there who gets how much we are all in the target hairs right now, to just support our campaigns for now in order to get us into the debate so that we can truly hold Donald Trump's feet to the fire. Hillary Clinton cannot do it because she is on the side of the bank. She is on the side of free trade agreements. She is on the side of corporate health care and, and, and the predatory banks who have pushed students into debt. So she cannot stand up as the answer to the economic misery. We can. We have that radical agenda that Bernie launched, and we even take it for, further. So go to our website, jill2016.com. Join our campaign for open debate. Uh, this will be a, uh, a multi-pronged uh, Strategy. So we will be writing letters and making phone calls. 
We will be turning out for demonstrations and hold on to your hat. We may even have some direct action coming up with, uh, with a lot of people who are not going to just sit down and go down with a sinking ship, which is what we have right now. We have the power to turn this around the minute we stand up with the courage of our convictions. It begins with getting into the debate and just getting the word out. Uh, sign up for our social media, for our uh, email newsletter, etc., and we can all help each other get the word out. We've got thousands of, can- of uh, volunteers pouring into the campaign now. We're doing phone banking. We will be doing canvassing. You know, the usual bread and butter of uh, grassroots organizing and a grassroots campaign. How, how do you reply, Jill Stein, to arguments that we're hearing for Hillary from people who tend to agree with, uh, with us on important issues, including militarism, who tell me, well, she's not an overt racist, so she's okay. Or, you know, her wars will be carefully thought out. They won't be impulsive. And, you know, that makes all the difference to the people who get bombed. And, uh, and Hillary, uh, you know, is, is someone that all poor people and minorities support, and you must be a privileged person uh to dare to turn against her you know you know which you know lucky for them they're not living in any of the countries she's going to bomb which is a certain uh, (laughs) sort of privilege not to mention what her policies will actually do to poor people in this country but how do you how do you reply because there's no matter how bad the candidate is there's always some sort of argument uh that well this is this is a level that's acceptable now how do you how do you reply to people So it's preposterous and outrageous to suggest that militarism cancels out racism. You know, the militarism of Hillary Clinton is somehow better than the racism of Donald Trump. In fact, militarism is racism writ large. Who is getting bombed? You know, it's black and brown people uh, around the world. Who is it that's turned into refugees? You know, it's black and brown people and Latinos and Muslims who are turned into refugees. This is racism. Uh, and Islamophobia and all the rest. You know, it's bad for Donald Trump to deport um, Muslims, but it's okay for Hillary Clinton to kill them. Uh, In fact, a million people in Iraq alone who were killed uh, by this outrageous war that Hillary was beating the drum for in Iraq before she then led the charge into Libya. I mean, you know, this is a person who has no judgment and uh, certainly not values that respect uh, the values that we uphold here, uh, our human values, our community values, our values of peace, justice, and racial equality. Hillary Clinton, unfortunately, has, uh, you know, she talks the talk, but she has been walking the opposite walk. So it's important to call out those campaigns for what they are, that say it's okay to be a militarist and she's not an overt racist. However, what, what about three strikes you're out? What about, you know, calling them to heal? What about, you know, the, the terms she used to refer to African-American youth as, you know, as predators? Super predators. Um, what about the, um, you know, the, the crime reform bill, the three strikes you're out, that really created the whole institution of mass incarceration? Are we just going to listen to the talk, you know, or are we going to actually look at the walk? The walk here is terrible, and in any event, to suggest that we have a choice between a racist and a militarist, and that's all, you know, come on. Yeah. Uh, we, we can actually have an America and a world that works for all of us. My campaign is not racist. 
We are the opposite of racist. We are proponents of, of truly what it will take to end mass incarceration. In fact, the president right now can legalize marijuana and can pardon everyone who's been wrongly incarcerated for recreational use of substances, period, marijuana and others. These, these issues should be treated as a health issue, not as a criminal justice issue. There's so much that can be done right now. Um, we can cancel student debt right now through a quantitative easing. We bailed out the friggin' bankers who crashed the economy through their waste, fraud, and abuse. We can do that for young people and liberate an entire generation to lead us forward in re-envisioning the economy for the 21st century and who can lead us forward on our struggle for justice because that struggle is always led by members of the younger generation. We need to liberate them for all of society in order to have the transformation that we that we need. And let me also mention that during the uh, abolition movement, uh, it began as a social movement, and then, then it worked its way into political parties. Those parties were called spoilers by the political establishment that wanted to maintain its stranglehold on power. The American people are clamoring for a system and for spokespeople who are different from the ones that are throwing them under the bus. What is this? There's a new entitlement for politicians. So Hillary Clinton has a lock on our vote. She's entitled to our vote when she's the most disliked and untrusted presidential candidate, along with Donald Trump in history. She doesn't have a right to our vote. We have a right not only to vote, we have a right to know who we can vote for and to fight for those open debates and demand them. And the collusion that we saw revealed in these emails uh, involving the DNC, you know, if they were silencing Bernie Sanders and colluding with the press to do that, do you think that's where it stops? Or is there another inconvenient truth for them, which might be another woman in the camp, in the race, who shows yeah. that you do not need to be a, um, uh, a an imperialist and a militarist and a corporatist in order to support the cause of women. And in fact, Hillary doesn't support the cause of women if you actually look at her record. Yeah, she supports childcare, that's great. But how about we actually have jobs for everyone in order to actually use that childcare? And she wasn't providing affordable childcare. It just had a limit on how much you had to spend on it. You know, yeah. so, and look at who dissolved welfare and aid to families with dependent children. That charge, again, was led by the Clintons that have thrust millions of children into poverty. This is, uh, this is baloney. This can be um, shredded the minute we have a public discussion. This is why they are quaking in their booths and trying to silence us, why the corporate media does not, does not cover us, because they know that we are a voter revolt in the making. We have a perfect storm in front of us right now, and there's every reason. We're all in the crosshairs here. We're not only deciding what kind of a world we're going to be, but whether we're going to have a world at all going forward. Not only the disaster of climate change that Hillary and the Democrats have just plunged us into headlong with their drill baby. I'm sorry, their all of the above, which has been drill baby drill on steroids, if you actually look at the consequences of their plan. But it's also these wars, these yeah, catastrophic yeah. wars. Hillary Clinton would like to start uh, an air war with Russia over Syria in a no-fly zone, which would be a disaster. This is the slippery slope to a nuclear arms race. Well, 
it's the consequence of a nuclear arms race that could spill into uh, a nuclear confrontation um, in the blink of an eye. So, Jill, I think we have just know, a few minutes yeah. left, and I, I think you're absolutely Great. right about all of this. I think when they start, I don't know if they've started accusing you of, of working for Vladimir Putin, but I think when they do, <laughs> that will be that will be the sign that success is near. Uh, but yeah. but I, I think, I wonder if you agree with me that the problem with this lesser evilism uh, extends way beyond who you vote for in November, because once people start putting themselves on a team and defending the wrongs of their team and and denouncing and exaggerating only the wrongs of the other team, it poisons uh, policy-based activism year in, year out beyond the election so that, uh, you know, everybody's saying just go and, and, and vote for Hillary and then immediately start protesting her the next day or vote for Hillary in certain states but not in others are picturing a, a sort of rationality and, and robotic mm-hmm. behavior that doesn't actually exist in the U.S. public, that in fact people put themselves on a team and then start defending it and re- failing to know about its crimes. Um, do, do, do you agree with me that there's a problem here in terms of, of movement? building, not just voting? Absolutely. And and I think, you know, Donald Trump does a certain kind of fear-mongering, which is horrific. But the Clinton campaign is doing their own fear-mongering about Trump in order to manipulate people into voting for them. And uh, you're absolutely right. It's really important for us to bring our values into our vote. Democracy needs a moral compass. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. If we silence ourselves we have a moral vacuum into which the corporate predators and their political candidates rush. And we are going over the cliff right now in real time. This politics of fear actually delivered everything we were afraid of. All the reasons you're told to vote for the lesser evil is exactly what we've gotten, whether it's the Wall Street massive bailout, the expanding prison state, uh, the endless expanding uh, wars for oil, uh, the war on immigrants, you name it. We got everything we were supposed to avoid. Because the lesser evil doesn't fix it. In fact, it, is, it paves the way to the greater evil because people stop coming out to vote for a lesser evil politician and his party who's throwing you under the bus. So even if someone else could do it worse, people don't come out to vote. That's why the Congress flipped first one House of Congress and then the other House of Congress in the midterm election. So the lesser evil is simply a stepping stone to the greater evil and, in fact, Donald Trump and the rise of right-wing extremism is a product of lesser evil policies and the Clinton uh, neoliberalism. Forget all this double thing. Just stand up, reject the lesser evil, fight for the greater good, like our lives depend on it because they do, and we can do that knowing that we actually have the votes. We have the votes where we could even win this election today, barring that. We have to build our power by just dissolving ourselves inside of the Democratic Party. We eliminate any possibility of ever building our power base. So that is the way forward, regardless, silencing ourselves to allow us to be ruled and raked over the coal by the lesser evil is not the way forward. We are the ones we've been waiting for. We can create an America and a world that works for all of us. We have the power to do that right now. That is very well said. I hope we hear it said on our televisions and in our newspapers in the weeks and months ahead uh, over and over again, because if we do, uh, 
I will have just been speaking with the next president of the United States, Jill Stein. Thank you very, very much. I know you're incredibly busy. Uh, thanks for coming on Talk Nation Radio. It's been really great uh, talking with you, Dave, and so much respect and appreciation uh, for the fight you have been leading for so long. Thank you. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.